When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think Casey Frank would just sit where the most league rumors, wouldn't you, Casey? <laughs> always. <laughs> that is always the number one choice and my number one concern on all seating uh, arrangements. <laughs> hey, welcome into the show, mate. The Hungry Jacks NBL. You can watch this season live on Sky Sports, mate. And getting to the business end, uh, I was reading something that I think it was uh, Homicide Williams wrote on the NBL uh, website about a week ago saying the Breakers can make it. They need to win three of their last five. Well, they did that. They won in Perth. But now it looks like, it looks like they need to ruin three of their last four. So uh, uh, other results not falling their way at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's still a bit of water going under the bridge, but I, I do think they're in pretty good position, and that's mostly because of their winning percentage. They've had some big scoring games, and they've blown a few teams out. And, and the, the way the tiebreaker goes, for anybody who's not familiar, is you take all the points you scored and you divide it by the points scored against, and what that percentage is gives you. The breakers right now are sitting in that fourth, fifth position, so they have a good chance that if they do end on a tiebreak, they'll be one of the teams that meets the six because a lot of teams they're fighting with, Illawarra, Brisbane, Adelaide, those teams' percentages just aren't going to be able to meet them with the games allowed if the Breakers take care of business and get those dubs. Casey, what do you make of the season so far with um, you know injury plague throughout the year? Modi Mayor has been uh, vocal about if he had a fully strength side um, you know, what could have been. Well, he's lost his, arguably his best player, Anthony Lamb. You know, how have you made, what have you made of this season? You know what, I've been impressed by uh, the way that Modi and the Breakers players in general have just basically just stayed on message. Uh, you know, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of injuries. Uh, I think uh, we're, we're talking about maybe like eight minutes total on the season that this team has had a fully strength roster of three imports and all their local players on the court. And uh, I believe that's only happened for one game, and it was the last game when Anthony Lamb got hurt and blew, blew his Achilles. So uh, to be able to be in a position at this stage, despite all that turbulence, uh, and this isn't turbulence to players on the fringes. These are key players. You know, that starting with Jessup, a lot of their offense was, was worked around. He was out for a long time. No Will McDowell-White, who was the key, I think, to that run last season, the way he's playing for half the season. Finn Delaney, who was the biggest to recruit locally, uh, you know, the biggest local guy to come back in, hasn't been, been been here for most of the season. So to have all of that going on around you and to still have a team that's playing for each other, that's listening to the coach, that's playing hard and doing the things they need to do to win, hasn't played their best basketball yet, but, you know, that's going to be a struggle with all those injuries. So to be in this position, sitting at 11-13, and 13, uh, just one game behind the team they're about to play, you know, in the Hawks. If they get that win, they're, they're tied with them on wins and they're in, in the win and loss column. So uh, it, with, with all that, I mean, if I was on the team, I'd be pretty proud of the way that, I, that things had gone because they've gone with all that turbulence and fought through it. 
Well, I guess things are very much in, in the hands of the breakers because looking at it, they've got four games left, as I mentioned. One of those is against Melbourne United at the top. But they also play the Hawks, the Bullets and the 36ers, all teams uh, that they're, they're vying for a, a, a place with. How do you think they are set up uh, to to get the dubs there, and 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 you see them maybe resting a few against Melbourne United, thinking that's a game we don't need to win, and just focusing on the other three. I, I don't think Modi's ever walked into a game in his life and thought that's a game he didn't need to win. <laughs> 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 so I, I don't I don't uh, think they'll do that, especially because they've had some good games against Melbourne. Uh, it, it's a team that I think if they play well, they have a chance to get that win. And if you know if they come out and get four wins in their last five. They could be looking at a, at possibly a home game in the plan, maybe even work their way all, all the way up into third spot. So, so uh, it's really important for them to, to keep playing each one. When you do look at the teams outside of Melbourne, because that won't affect the standings, but this game against Illawarra I think is of the utmost importance. Uh, it's a team that's already come onto their home court and beaten them once this season. Uh, you know, the, the, the first road win, the first win they had last the season ago was Tyler Harvey with a huge last-second three. So it's a team that plays well in this environment. Uh, Justin Tatum is back. His first game as coach when everybody thought it was going to be a disaster of a season was against the Breakers, and that's when they turned their year around. So they've got something to prove against this team. Brisbane, uh, they're, they're, believe, they're, they're not, I think, as good as the Breakers on the perimeter, but on the interior, the bigs they have are really good, and that's one of the Breakers' weaknesses. So that's going to be a tough game as well. And, and then the 36ers, a uh, completely different team halfway through the season. So uh, those are all games that I think are winnable, but there is no team in this competition that the Breakers can't play well against and still get a win. They have to go out there, play their best offensively, and find a way to get it done defensively, which hasn't been their strength, defensively on the glass. If they could just do enough there, that offensive firepower I think is going to get them to 14 wins. But even at 13, they still might be able to sneak in on percentages. 76ers with Joe B going out. That's a huge loss if we know what he is able to provide for that team. Well, uh, with the with the Anthony Lamb injury, he provides 19.4 points and six round, rebounds a game. Who is going to be able to have to step up? Do they have to make adjustments to their game? Are they going to be going to see a different style of play from the Breakers with his loss? I think so, uh, because as the season's gone along, Anthony Lamb has become a, a bit of a security blanket for them in the half court. Uh, the Breakers are tr- fantastic in transition, really push things and get going there offensively. In the half court at times, it gets stagnant. And Lamb has had that ability to take care of uh, any matchup on him. If, if they put a perimeter guy on him, he just takes him right to the post, puts him in the grindhouse, two points on the hook shot. If they put a big on him, takes him outside, uses that three-point range to draw him off and use the up fake and get inside. So he's really been the guy that's kept the scoreboard ticking over in the half court this season. Uh, I think uh, I'd like to see Zylan Cheatham take on some of that. I think his ability as an inside-out guy, the ability to put it on the floor, beat the bigger guys, but also on those switches, take the, the, the guards into the hole. I think he's got a similar skill set there. But at the same time, I, I think Finn Delaney is a ready-made replacement. Uh, you know, he hasn't been playing, so he's back into the lineup. You can take those minutes that were Anthony Lambs and give them to, to Finn Delaney. I, I think he's some similar skill sets in that they both are, are quicker guys who can post up as well. Uh, certainly Anthony Lamb is an NBA talent. I think he would have been back in the NBA next season based on his performances this year had he not got injured. So it's a, it is a lot to make up for. But I do think, considering the way that the injuries have gone in and guys have gone out and come back at the same time, that's essentially a like-for-like replacement. And I see a lot of that coming down on Finn's shoulders. How impressive was the win in Perth last weekend? Uh, just uh, anytime you get a win in Perth, it's a really big job. You know, uh, 
just the travel from New Zealand alone, which you have to go to get over there. And when you're playing, uh, you know, if you're playing whatever time of the day, it's essentially four hours later for your body clock. It's a big ask. It's an even bigger ask against a team that's been playing well and knows their identity. The defensive day job they did on Bryce Cotton is maybe the best job I've ever seen a Breakers team do on him. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the physicality. With I could just throw that in a dumpster. They hit him one time. It's not that big a deal. He'll be okay. But, uh, uh, you know, he is a player that you have to use length on. The Breakers have good guys to take that away. And when Bryce Cotton isn't playing well, the Wildcats don't play well. And uh, the Breakers are one of the few teams in the league, I think, that have the per- personnel to really make things difficult for him. But even that said, you never know where he's going to get off. So to, to get that win at a time where they needed it most, where they're looking at having to get – four wins out of five games, uh, that, that's huge on the road, especially coming off uh, a, a couple of t- tough weeks before that. Should we should we rename Bryce Cotton Bryce Cotton Softs because uh, he was having such a <laughs> sook on the court. He, he looked like he was in serious need of some tissues. I, I mean, I, I just really appreciate the online conversation from Perth Wildcat fans who cheered for Damian Martin for a decade. And now they're complaining about somebody playing physically defensively. It is part of the game. When you're not, when you're not, a little bit slight, it's what's going to happen. They're going to beat you up. They're going to come at you. You know, I wasn't complaining when the guards were running around me and using their quickness. You use the tools you have. Uh, and one of the tools against Bryce Cotton is beating him up a little bit. And it's something he's going to have to get used to. I, I personally don't, don't think he's being beaten up. I don't think he's being targeted. I just think it's part of the game. But the Wildcats are certainly using uh, everything they can to draw some attention to it to hopefully get those calls going down the stretch. Now, Melbourne United are top of the table with 18-7 and seven record, Perth 16-9, and nine, and then you look to Tasmania at 14-12 and 12, uh, and others. Nobody's really dominating the league this year. Do, do you look at it and, and see someone who you think could be a clear winner or, or do you think it's going to be a dogfight to the end? Uh, I think early in the season, the United looked like that team that was going to be head and shoulders above everybody. They certainly have the most depth. They've got great talent inside and out. But that's a team that hasn't dealt really well with some of the injuries, I think, as well as the Breakers have. Even though they're still up there, they're not playing their best basketball. Uh, I do think there's a clear delineation in terms of talent between Melbourne and Perth and the rest of the teams in the league. Those two teams, I think, have a better understanding of who they are and have great combinations of that inside-outside uh, skill set, that you, the ability to do both things. But that said, I don't think there's a clear winner. I think uh, the way, what we've seen, especially for teams on the road, is teams are struggling. Uh, if you're able to go in and sneak one uh, on the, at that home court, at, at Perth, at Melbourne, and the Breakers have just proved that that's very likely to do. You know, Melbourne's lost a few games at home as well. So, so no team's going to go into this thinking that they're set for it. All six teams that make that final six are going to have a good shot at getting to the grand final series and maybe bringing home a chip. Now, uh, we're going to switch focus, Casey, to the uh, NBA because the trade window closes today and some big deals being done uh, as we speak. Uh, Probably the biggest of those, Buddy Heald from the Pacers to the Sixers. If Joel and Beeb is fit and they've got Buddy Heald, how much of a threat are they? I I like to pick up a field. You know, uh, that shooter on the weak side to give that opportunity for Embiid to have a little bit more space uh, so Maxi can get in there and really take those lanes. Before Embiid got hurt, uh, he, I was really liking the way they're playing. I think uh, Embiid's looking like uh, an old-school dominant big man. You know, you haven't seen somebody play to that level. Uh, the thing that's obviously concerning is the mystery behind this knee injury. They've barely called it a surgery. They haven't really said what it is. 
based on the timeline that it's come out, it looks like they shaved off some of his meniscus and a tear. So it's literally, they just take it out. That way you can come back a little bit more quickly, three, four, three to four weeks instead of two to three months, uh, which is a dangerous move on a, his, a man his size. If, if Embiid comes back full strength, I think they're one of the top two teams in the East, but I do think even with Buddy Heald, it's going to be a struggle for them to, to beat the Boston Celtics out there. But they certainly have a chance if that big fella can find a way to get healthy. It's been a long time, Casey, since we've seen Jalen Brunson and the New York Knicks being so competitive as they are. Well, they just acquired Bojan Bodanovic and Alec Burks from the Detroit Pistons in exchange for a couple of other players. What, what has that done for their squad, mate? And, how surprised have you been with the Knicks? Well, I'm not surprised, per se, because I love the way that T- Coach Thibodeau has them playing there. Mm-hmm. But the way that they've bought into the style, the team that they've become since OG and Anobi came over in that trade earlier, which to me has mm-hmm. been the best tra- trade of the, uh, of the trading season, to pick up him and just have this de- defensive identity for a coach who loves to play defense. I mean, I, I love what the Knicks do. You know, originally, I'm a New Yorker. My dad's. My, my, my dad's looking down. He's very happy. He's going back to the, the Nick days of old. New York's going crazy about it. And to me, it's all about Jalen Brunson. I mean, uh, what he's shown as a scoring guard, he, he really has become one of the best clutch players in the NBA. He just knows how to get a shot off at the NBA level time and time again. They've got that guy. But now bringing in Bojanovic uh, on that weak side as a, a good-sized defender, a solid shooter. I mean, he, this makes this team that's pretty big even bigger. You know, Boyan, he's six seven, six eight. really strokes the ball well. He got out of that hellhole in Detroit, so he can actually play some winning basketball now. Burks might be able to help them as well. Uh, you know, they've needed some a little bit more strength on the interior. You're not sure if Mitchell Robinson's going to return. But the Knicks are a team that I love watching. I just wonder if they have that top-tier talent to get further than the second round against the Milwaukee, against the Boston Celtics, or against the Philadelphia 76ers. But they play the type of defense that you want to be able to play in the postseason and can grind teams down, a la what the Miami Heat have done the last few years. So you never know. Uh, just on that, they haven't made much in the way of trades, but uh, if you look at their roster, Golden State still look very, very good. Can you explain why they're not even in the play-in tournament at the moment? Well, the, talk about turmoil, and it's a two-season uh, bit of turmoil for them. I, I, I still think they've got a hangover from what happened last year with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. I think when that happens uh, between one of your leaders on your team, when you have an incident like that, and for those unfamiliar, it's when Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole at practice, uh, and, and that basically ended their season last year. I think there's some hangovers from that. When you throw in the fact mm. that Draymond Green's had those two big suspensions, you've got to deal with that mentally. Uh, Clay Thompson, who is still good. Uh, he, he's, he's not burnt just yet, but he's just not the player he was. He's not a $45 million a player guy. He's still averaging 17. But, and when he's not at that level he was a few seasons ago, teams can play a, a bit more attention to Steph Curry. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of players coming through outside of Jonathan Kaminga, who now looks like the sole hit out of the draft classes for the last few years. So they've lost those veterans. The young guys coming up haven't quite been up to the level that they need them to be. And, you know, as, as good as every dynasty is, eventually it ends. And these are all guys in their mid-30s who are carrying it, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson, uh, that, that are just getting a little bit older. The regular season becomes harder. And you, you, when you can't figure it out, it tends to feel like it stumbles. And that's when you toss on all those other things, the extracurricular activities of Draymond Green, the GM leaving in the offseason, Bob Myers, you know, saying, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to deal with that stuff next year. It, it is a lot to overcome. Uh, that said, 
I think they might be able to sneak in the plan. Yeah, it might be able to sneak in. We'll have to see. Keep an eye on them. Anything with that with that roster, they're going to be dangerous no matter where they come in. Casey, thank you very much for coming on, man. Uh, keep up the good work Thanks, on, on, on Sky covering the NBL as well. Look forward to that Breakers game tonight. What's up, boys? Talk to you later.